I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Coming in late, leaving early, long personal phone calls during the workday, going to a spa or a haircut appointment in the middle of the workday without taking vacation time, and not knowing how to make polite conversation in the office or write a professional email. All of these and so much more are breaches of office etiquette that are happening in today's workplace. Gen Z workers who joined the workforce during the pandemic didn't get the informal etiquette training by osmosis that they would have received from their older colleagues, but it's not just Gen Z making the faux pas. Everyone is out of practice. Some companies are going so far as to mandate office etiquette training for all of their employees. We're digging into office etiquette on this episode of the podcast. It wasn't so long ago, say just before the pandemic, that if you needed to make a personal phone call at work, you know what you did? You snuck away, maybe to a stairwell or outside the building, and you quickly made your call, and then you got back to your desk, hopefully undetected. Most employers had policies, and if not formal policies, then at least shared norms among the employee population that personal calls were not something that was endorsed. Sure, it happens, but you deal with it expeditiously so as to not hamper your own productivity or impinge upon someone else's workday by having to overhear your conversation. Likewise, social media was something that employees confined to their lunch break and other off-the-clock breaks throughout the day. Not something that continually beeped and buzzed and dinged at them all day long, prompting them to dive deep into their mobile phones rather than be attentive to the work. Then came the pandemic with the stay-at-home orders and the massive work-from-home arrangements. Initially, there was a pressing need that everyone, managers included, needed to be checking in with loved ones and close friends to make sure that everyone was okay. And in so doing, the norms changed. People picked up some bad habits. Things that would have gotten them fired if they were doing them before the pandemic. And then the threat of the pandemic waned and the norms. Those bad habits, well, they stuck around. And here we are with employers frustrated at these bad habits and employees, for the most part, oblivious. They're not going around thinking, hmm, how can I have really bad manners and upset my colleagues and management team today? <laughs> They're just not. But yet, they are coming in late, leaving early, having long personal phone conversations, dressing as if they were going to the gym instead of the office, and hanging out on social media more than actually working, and disappearing for hours in the middle of the workday without telling anyone, much less asking for permission. That's the behavior part. But then there's also the business skills part. People have lost the ability, or maybe they never had it in the first place, 
to write professional emails, to make eye contact in meetings, to give constructive feedback or to take instructive feedback or offer it up themselves and make polite conversation in the office. In a study by ResumeBuilder.com, 95% of the managers surveyed said that Gen Z was competent at the technical side of their job, but only 62% of them said that Gen Z employees were competent at the interpersonal side of their job. The survey authors suggest that we cut Gen Z some slack when it comes to criticizing them for their lack of interpersonal skills, but not actually let them off the hook. They need to be trained on interpersonal skills and office etiquette because there were no informal, more formal for that matter, channels through which to learn proper business behavior. Most of the rest of us learned how to behave at work through osmosis, being immersed in business etiquette and watching what more seasoned employees did, and we modeled our behavior after that. <laughs> and of course, we learned from our mistakes in real time through disapproving looks from our older colleagues when we screwed up. But again, I want to reinforce that it's not just Gen Z who are the offenders. Employees across the generations are culpable. It seems that there's a great deal of amnesia about how to carry oneself professionally at work these days. Mostly what I'm hearing about during side conversations that I have with attendees at conferences where I'm keynoting or training sessions that I'm facilitating is that people are telling me about the general lack of professionalism that I've been alluding to here. But I also hear about some more extreme cases. For example, extreme political opinions and discourse, swearing, and even vaping and drug use at work. I'll come back to revisit those more extreme ones towards the end of this podcast. Now, it really wasn't that long ago when we did our personal business on our lunch break or after work or on the weekends. And as for doctor appointments and dentist appointments, well, you used paid time off and you logged it in the system. And you usually let your boss know that that's where you were going to be. But now people are taking appointments in the middle of the day with long stretches of time away from work or setting their own work hours or considering their commute as part of their workday, and lacking professionalism when things go wrong, and lacking professionalism just in general. Now, if you happen to be thinking that this doesn't apply to you because the workforce has the upper hand and employees get to do whatever the heck they want, well, I want you to think again. The tide is turning and there is more equal footing at work. People aren't as easily able to just quit their job and go get a new one with better pay in a hot minute if they don't like something that happened at work. If you want to keep your career on track, even if you do leave one employer to go to the next, people do talk, you know, your reputation follows you. So if you want to keep your career on track, you're going to have to master the basics of office etiquette. I'm going to do a quick rundown of the top 10 etiquette violations that I hear about and what to do instead. Now, these are not rank ordered per se, but the worst violations certainly are at the top. Office etiquette violation number one, ghosting your coworkers, your manager, or your customers. Ghosting, and that is not answering their emails or returning their phone calls, is a major etiquette violation. What you're essentially doing is ostracizing that person 
And ostracism is a fundamental form of social rejection. It violates our need for connection, even if it's a business call or a business email, rather than a text from someone that you're dating. And when it's at work, it's not just ghosting, it's downright unprofessional. If you can't get back to someone in a timely manner, that's not a huge deal. Just get back to them anyway and tell them when to expect to hear from you, when you'll really get back to them. I did this just the other day when I was traveling for work. It was a Friday and I was speaking at a conference for one of my clients. I got an email from another client whose event I'm speaking at in a few weeks and they were looking for some specific information for me. I couldn't get it to them at that time because of my prior commitment, but I sent them a quick email explaining that I was speaking at a different conference and that I would get back to them on Monday. And then guess what I did? On Monday, I read their email with thoroughness and I got back to them with all of the pieces of information that they needed from me. So I did what I said I was going to do. I got back to them in a timely fashion, but I didn't ghost them. I saw that email, knew I couldn't respond in earnest, and I let them know when to expect a response. That's what you should do instead of ghosting. Email etiquette breach number two, not being able to make polite conversation. Now, not everyone loves small talk, to be sure. But before the meeting starts, whether the meeting is in a good old-fashioned conference room or if it's on Teams or Zoom or WebEx, if you're lost in your mobile phone, doom-scrolling social media, or pretending to be absorbed in an email while everyone else is sharing idle chit-chat, well then, you are in violation of office etiquette. Even the most introverted among us can at least follow along with the conversation by making eye contact and nodding or smiling occasionally. Or better yet, chime in with your own opinion on the weather or the favorite sports team or whatever the topic of conversation is. Just get your face out of your phone and connect with your colleagues. Office etiquette violation number three, having zero self-awareness. If it never occurs to you that other people have perceptions of you, then I am especially talking to you. They may not like that you make smelly food in the office microwave or that you chew your food very loudly during meetings or that you take your shoes off during meetings or in your cubicle. If it never occurs to you that that might not be cool and that people are watching, well then, again, I'm talking to you. Remember, you're not at home anymore. You're in a public setting. People can see you and they can smell you whether that's your food or your feet. Remember that and have some social awareness about how you're being perceived at work. Head up, look around, make eye contact, smile, and try not to smell. Office etiquette breach number four, writing things in an email that you would never say to somebody in person. Now, if you're not sure if this is you, I want you to Listen to episode number 128 of this podcast, Why People Are Rude and Worse Online. In that episode, I discuss something called the online disinhibition effect. This is the idea that we might write something in an email or in a chat that we would never say out loud to somebody else because it's rude, insensitive, or worse. When we are in an online environment, we often forget that there is a three-dimensional human being 
with feelings and emotions and sensitivities on the receiving end of that communication. We need to be mindful of that and never type out anything that we would never say to a person if they were sitting across the desk or across the conference room table from us. So again, if you need a primer on that, you're going to refer to episode 128, Why People Are Rude and Worse Online, when I talk about the online disinhibition effect. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Office etiquette breach number five, not knowing how to write a professional email. Now, emojis are okay in instant messaging and in emails with people that you know really, really well, but they are not the norm in written business communication, including email. Also, spell words out fully. The letter U is not the substitute for the pronoun you, spelled Y-O-U. Also, don't write in run-on sentences. Reread your emails before you send them, and if you have big, long run-on sentences, break them into grammatically correct brief sentences. It will keep and hold the attention of your reader better. You also want to make sure you're using proper capitalization and punctuation. If you don't know how to do any of the things that I've just talked about here, take a short course on LinkedIn Learning or any other online source and get a handle on the basics of business writing. Basic business communication includes being able to write in brief, grammatically correct sentences. Office etiquette breach number six, avoiding someone you have a conflict with. It's okay not to see eye to eye, especially if it's a work issue. In fact, it's important to have productive, healthy conflict at work. That makes the work product better. When we challenge each other's assumptions and hold each other accountable, we all elevate. But to avoid someone who criticizes you or that you have a conflict with, is downright unprofessional. Listen to my podcast episode on difficult conversations to get the basics and then hold the conversation. Professionally, of course. Office etiquette breach number seven, passive aggressive behavior. So if you're the kind of person who says, thanks for joining us, to the person who's late to the meeting, or if you're a person who copies the boss or an important stakeholder on emails, then I'm talking to you because you're being passive aggressive. Another way it sometimes shows up is leaving post-it notes around the office, especially when someone's been untidy or worse, or leaving a post-it note for a relatively innocuous thing. For example, need more gel pens with blue ink, post-it note on the office supply cabinet. Just tell the office manager, send them an email. 
Office etiquette breach number eight, noise pollution. Either putting your calls on speakerphone when you're not in a private office, or even if you are in a private office, putting your calls on speakerphone when you don't have to. Sometimes those office walls are awfully thin. Another way you might do noise pollution is listening to music without earbuds, or radio programs or podcasts, or singing or humming or whistling along to music even when you do have earbuds in. Just remember, in addition to people seeing you and smelling you, they can hear you. So be respectful of the noise area around where you're working. Office etiquette breach number nine, and this one was around long before the pandemic, leaving a mess in the office kitchen or the office bathroom. Be tidy, clean up after yourself. If you spill something or make a mess or make a smell, just try to put the room back to this way it was before you were there. Again, it's basic respect for your fellow humans by doing that. And office etiquette breach number 10, showing up late, leaving early, and telling no one. So keep regular business hours. Now that the pandemic is over, the expectation is that you are going to be working regular business hours. Now, if you have extenuating circumstances, whether that's all the time or once in a while, just make sure you're letting other people know when to expect you if you're going to be coming in late or when to expect that you'll be leaving. And if you are working a shorter than usual workday, set the expectation for when you're going to make those work hours up, whether it's in actual time or whether it's in actual productivity. Not all offices are managing to the hours worked, but if they're not managing to the hours worked, they are managing to your productivity and your results. So if your work hours have to change for some reason, just make sure you set the expectation for how you're going to get that work made up. Now, as I promised, if you have some of these more egregious issues, like swearing, vaping, political ideology being spread around, do yourself, your coworkers, and the offender themselves the courtesy of explaining why their behavior doesn't fit professional standards. Tell them where their behavior is off and give them some specific and concrete suggestions of what to do instead. Let them know that you genuinely care about their career development and that whatever the behavior is that they're doing, that it's a career limiting move. This is particularly important if you are their manager. You have an imperative to educate them. It is your ethical responsibility to clue them in on professional behavior. And I don't mean in a passive aggressive way. I mean specifically, tell them what they're doing wrong and what to do instead. Because if you're not doing that, then you're not doing your job. Don't assume that everyone should just know. In this post-pandemic world and with Gen Z coming into the workforce during the pandemic, everyone doesn't just know. All right, so yes, if you are like many of my clients and those in my audiences who are concerned that office etiquette has gone out the window, you're right, it has, and it's time to bring it back. Share this episode with someone who might need a primer or a refresher, and don't do it in a passive-aggressive way. Be transparent. Let them know there are some specific tips in this episode that you think they need to learn, and tell them that you've got their best interests at heart because you do, and their future is on the line. Remember, the future of work is not only about technology. 
It's about the values that we uphold, including etiquette, the communities that we build, and the sustainable growth that we strive for. We need to keep exploring, keep innovating, and keep envisioning the remarkable possibilities that lie ahead. As always, stay curious, stay informed, and stay ahead of the curve. Tune in next Monday for another insightful exploration of the trends shaping our professional world. Until then, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.